0: Dear God, we come to you now and we just want to make sure that we offer our hearts and our minds and our spirits up to you this morning so that you can speak directly to us and we can can hear the message, the message that is provided and prepared for us by you, dear Lord, and we can hear it clearly and then we can take it and go out and live it so that those around us can feed of off the fruit of the spirits that bloom through our lives as you live through us dear lord and you receive the glory in christ's name we pray amen still working our way through the sermon series making sense of 2020 i'm going to be out of luke 10 today um, because uh it, it kind of seems like we're in we're in a period here where um you know we we have a I don't. I don't know what other word to that would be more appropriate or more fitting to describe the the times that we're in than um, tumultuous, and fatigued. And I think um, you know, there's a lot of lot of different things going on, and, and it, you know, it changes hour to hour, and uh, seems like a, a a lot of different point of views and and a, li- and a different. Idea of truth gets told, and um, you know there are are a lot of us that um, you know we are respectful of some things, but I think a lot of us are just fatigued. And uh, you know, in in our lives, you you can deal with fatigue, and it just seems like now we're in maybe a lull period. You know, we were there was a lot of a lot of energy and and a lot of uh, attention. On the, on the national election. And, uh, and, and now after that, you know, um, it seems like there's always that period there to where things sort themselves out, you know, and, and usually we get consumed with the holidays like Thanksgiving and, and Christmas, but it, 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 you know, it seems like there are gonna be a lot of families not getting together and already canceling Christmas. Um, so I, I think there's just a it's just a very, a very odd and weird period in our lives and our history and, and the things that we that were just automatic like a Thanksgiving family dinner was just automatic and and Christmas get get-togethers were automatic and you know and um, <laughs> I asked you know Arianne um, you know I, I she wants to decorate. <laughs> I was asking her like, well, why 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 are we decorating? <laughs> you know, who's coming? And, you know, and she gives me the speech. We have kids, and you know, we not just be, you know all that. Anyways, I get it, but you know, at at, at some point, it's just kind of like, what wh- wh- where do we go from here? What what are we supposed to do? And a- as a church, you know, our leaders are tired. It's a week to week thing. Right, you know, do we do we go to Carroll Park? Do we go out here in you know in there's a I don't know why, but there there's like a, a sixty degree difference from this side of the church outside to that side of the church outside and when you go over there, it's like you walk into the into the Arctic circle over there and, and it's cold you know and, and you know and the weather is getting cold it's winter setting in just just you know what do we do what's the appropriate thing to do what's the faithful thing to do what you know in it's just uh, people are trying to make decisions, trying to, trying to be smart, but yet at the same time, you know, not, not living a life of fear. Or we, I'm just telling you, there's just a lot to make sense of. And the Bible speaks to us pretty clearly, okay? So if you're wondering, what's, what, what are we supposed to be doing here, okay? Where's, where's the church supposed to go? What are we as Christians supposed to do? Um, there, there is a situation in the Bible. It's in Luke 10. And uh, Jesus Christ, you know, he's, he's fed the 5,000. He sent out the, the apostles to, to do work and to, to heal and to cast out demons. And uh, we are now at a place here in Luke 10 where uh, it says that uh, after these things, um, he appointed 70 others. So now we're talking about not disciples, not apostles, but those who were followers and those who were, um, you know, Set under the teaching of Jesus Christ and those maybe who didn't come in from the beginning and couldn't technically be declared an apostle So but they were followers of Christ and and they had seen miracles and they had understood his teaching And then they were at a point to where he was sending them out to do work And he and it says there that the the Lord appointed I mean here's the word right there the Lord appointed Them and uh, he sent them out um, there's a lot if, if, if Bible study is your thing and, and numbers are kind of your thing There's a lot of discussion about the 70 and why he picked 70 um, You know did that mirror the the Pharisees the number of Pharisees Did it did it mirror what Moses was doing Okay, so there's a there's a, a lot going on there. I don't want to concentrate on that. All right one thing I do want to concentrate on is how he sent them out is that he appointed them, he anointed them, he, he sent them out to do work and it also says here that he sent them out two by two, okay? So he sent them out in pairs and here's, here's what I really want you to, to get from this, okay? Is uh, how, how powerful a pair can be and we, that's, that's two, all right? So we, we talk about at the root of family At the root of this church should be family. In fact, the very first institution that God ever creates on earth, and I say this in every wedding ceremony that I have ever done, the first institution that God ever created on earth was the family. And uh, there was Adam and Eve, and it was built to be not a pair but of three. And God was an active part of that first marriage in in the Garden of Eden. All right, and so when we talk about, and when I do my premarital counseling, we talk about how a three, three string chord is not broken, okay, and, and how you should mirror, um, you know, uh, the, the, the Holy Trinity. There's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit. So God is a triune being, so your marriage should reflect that. And, uh, be, and if it properly reflects that, then, then you get the power and you can build a solid Christian. Relationship in a Christian family that can withstand all the storms and all the trials and tribulations that we're seeing nowadays. Your 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 marriage can can handle that, and that is a very powerful statement there of two that the two become one. But the two become one with in in the secret that holds the two together as one is the third element, and that is God. All right. So we see them, um, you know, being sent out to to. By two, because in the pair there is a powerful, there is power within that, and there is camaraderie, and there is the ability to to support each other and, and to pick each other up. And uh, we see this, we see this concept carried out throughout the New Testament, you know, throughout the New Church. And, uh, and and maybe the the crudest analogy that I ever heard about marriage is that if you if you try to do marriage without God, it's like trying to have two ticks without a dog. All right. So that's kind of the imagery of how important God is. So the the concept here is that he's sending them out, but he's sending them out in the same theology and in the same foundation as like a marriage or as like a Family being sent out to do God's uh, the work of Jesus Christ here, and He sends them out into every city where He is about to go. Okay, so here we have Jesus Christ actually on Earth, and He's sending them out to be the heralds. And I think that's something that we miss today is what our calling is. Is that um, you know sometimes sometimes we feel like um, we we put a responsibility. Or a weight on ourselves as Christians who maybe have some uh, some some friends who are not quite uh, Christian or have never made that commitment to Jesus Christ, and we we put a, like a, a pressure or we put this idea on ourselves that we have to we have to convict them and we have to change them in such a way so that they become Christians. And here's the here is the the actual the actual plan according to Jesus Christ, is that he sent them out because he's coming in behind them. So these are heralds that are going in to proclaim that the king is coming, that kind of deal. All right. And that the king, you know, back in the olden days when when the heralds came in, they came in and said that the king is coming and he has triumphed and great victory. But they didn't actually do the fighting. The, the king and the men coming in behind him are the ones who actually provided the victory. These guys are just the heralds. They're just the mouthpieces. All right. And so what we sometimes get is a misconcept and we don't do it on purpose. But sometimes we add the pressure on ourselves to be the convictor of those around us and what this says is that we are we are simply the herald And that if in this puts off the pressure on us to be the 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 convictor of those around us But it it puts the it puts the burden on us to live a life In such a way that the way that we live actually is the herald That Jesus Christ is the Son of God and can change your life and he can provide salvation and because as we know Only you can only be saved through the blood of Jesus Christ Not through any human argument not through any it is the conviction of the Holy Spirit that changes souls okay, so Sometimes it's good just to reset and understand what our actual job is here. And that is to go out and be the herald of Jesus Christ. And we do that through our living. And we do that through our, uh, we, we convict through the way that we handle obstacles. The way that we are honorable when it would be easier to cheat. The way that we stay strong when it would be easier to fold. The way that our marriages get stronger when it would be easier to just separate the way our family stays united when it would just be easier to say you know what you do your own thing we'll do our thing maybe we'll talk every once in a while or when you have a, a dispute between families or when you have a dispute between um, you know friends the the way that you come back together if you do it right it makes that relationship stronger had you not had the trouble before And that is all made possible by the Holy Spirit, the gift of Jesus Christ, the gift of God who provides the love, the support, the encouragement, the words, the teaching, the conviction of Jesus Christ. He does not speak his own words. He speaks the words of Jesus Christ who is always acting and giving glory to God who always gives glory back to the Son and lifts him up, the perfect harmony of the Holy Spirit. Okay. And then here's, here's the other thing. Here's the convicting part is that he says that he's sending them out and, and the harvest is great. There's not very many workers. And uh, this is as true today as it was when Jesus Christ said it back then. And uh, there are, there are, there, there's a lot of work to be done. And sometimes the work that's required from us It's hard. It's hard work to do. Okay. Um, it's it's hard work When 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 you get sideways with somebody or or somebody gets Upset with the church or whatever it's it's difficult To go and fix that. Okay, it's difficult. I'm not gonna lie to you As I always tell you I I love you too much to lie to you, but it's it's difficult to go into situations and talk to people who have just received horrible news or, or you know it's they're within hours of death or who have had someone pass. You know, when, when, when I got called into ministry, I thought about I'll baptize people, I'll pray with them at the altar, I'll get to, you know, who knows, do this and that. But, you know, I was kind of like Joseph. I didn't understand, you know, the work of trying to patch, help people patch marriages back together, trying to help relationships get back together, trying to help people forgive the unforgivable, trying to, to let people see the truth within themselves that pride just covers up, uh, trying to uh, console families uh, of things that I, I, I can't explain to them, trying to help bury kids, trying to help bury buddies and their parents. And it's, there's just a lot out there, and there's a lot to be done. And the workers are few, and we need more workers, okay? And he says that um, he sends us out as lambs among wolves. And, and that's, a, that's a famous statement. It's great imagery. And sometimes you think, well, he's sending us out as weaklings and to be devoured by the evil and the dirty and, and, and the wicked, but that, that is not the imagery here, okay? So the imagery that, it, that is being said by Jesus Christ is, remember, if you read any word, if you never hear anything else I ever say, listen to this, okay? If, if every single word you read in a Bible, you have to reflect it back to Christ or else it will not make sense, okay? That is biblical, foundational, under, theological understanding. Anytime you remove Christ from any word in the Bible, it's heresy, It will not stand so you have to read this sentence And you have to have it reflect back to jesus christ. Okay, because everything's about jesus christ And this is a this is a pre-statement about who jesus christ is jesus christ is the lamb The perfect lamb to be a sacrifice. He was sent to earth to die for sinners That's what the bible tells us Okay, so he is the lamb, the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice who's headed towards Calvary to lay down his life for all of humanity. And here he is telling his followers, you know, in the, in the chapter before this, you hear about, you read about the cost of discipleship. All right. So here he is telling his followers, like, hey, I'm sending you out like lambs among the wolves. And here's the thing, is that your life is now sacrificial. And what's that mean? That means that your life's not yours anymore. It's been sacrificed to the will of God, to the will of Jesus Christ, All right? And then here's the other thing, is that lambs congregate together, and then they also, now listen to me, lambs also have a shepherd that protects them. Huh, isn't that great? There's the promise. There, this, this sentence is full, I mean, you could you could preach a year on this one sentence right here. Go your way but behold, I send you out as lambs among wolves. And if you do it right, you do it in a sacrificial way, you provide unconditional love to people who don't deserve it. You'll, you'll show them forgiveness to people that will never ask for forgiveness, never admit they're wrong, but you'll sacrifice your life and give it to the will of God the Father. Even amongst a bunch of wolves, he'll be there to protect you. He is your shepherd. He is the ultimate lamb and your life will be reflected back to a life of Christ who will receive the glory if we do it right. So, it goes on, it says, carry neither money bag, knapsack, sandals, okay? But wherever, how she enters, say, so so here's the thing, God will provide, all right? He's going to take care of you, all right? Sometimes we get so, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, what, what's confession good for the soul? All right, here's a little confession for me. Sometimes the worries of this life I have, you know, I, have to, I don't have to remind you, but I've got, What if I say it right, two kids, two jobs, and one wife. All right, there it is. I said it right. And, and sometimes the the worry, I, I got a 16-year-old now um, and a 13-year-old. So in a couple of years, I got one um, year and a half now going to go to college. I got to figure out if how we going to pay for that? You know, I'm like... A, all you other parents I got one 13 you know he'll be driving and, and doing things and no telling what all and, you know and I got house payments like you I got business payments I got debts to pay like my dad always said um, we don't we don't need money but the people we owe need money okay so I mean so sometimes the worries of this life I'm just going to be straight up honest with you as a father and as a husband and as a provider and a businessman Sometimes the worries of this life get in the way of my ministry And I have to remind myself of this first that God will take care of you And then you add a little bit of sickness in there and you get worried You get told maybe you got I don't know 15 10 15 years of productive working years and you gotta Start planning that stuff and like that. Well, how much money do we need? Or how long am I going to live? You know? What what all do we have in place? you got to start having conversations like that. And at the same time, you just have to stand on it and say, God will take care of you. He will take care of you. And then here's the thing. Go in peace. That's not me talking. That's him. When you enter somewhere, say, peace of this house. And, And this is something that the world needs to hear. Because we doubt it. We doubt the plan. We doubt the strategy of Jesus Christ. We doubt it out of fear and uh, out of not understanding. But we go sometimes in hatred. We go in anger. We speak in anger. We act in anger. I'll be honest with you, I have preached out of anger before. It does not work. doesn't land. It's no good. And when you attack people, what do they do? Say, you know, have you ever seen anyone, have you ever read a thread on Facebook where two people are going at it and at the end of it one has said, Thank you for saying this to me. I have totally changed my mind and bought everything you just said. No, it does not happen that way. And so we are not the ones who save, but we are the messengers. We are the heralds. We are the witnesses. And Jesus Christ is love. He is peace. And we are to be sent out in peace and to approach people in peace and not get mired in with arguments. Now, there's a time to stand for what's right, and there's a time to stand for what's biblical, and there's a time to dig in and say, we're not going to do that, but we always, always, always have to act in love and peace, otherwise we don't do it. And it says here that, in heal the sick and say to them, the kingdom of God is near to you. Yet yeah, the kingdom of God has come near to you. This is kind of a famous statement. This is a statement that that uh, Jesus Christ says it a lot: the kingdom of God. Okay. And, and here, here's the thing: if we do this appropriately, if we live a sacrificial life, if we allow Jesus Christ to live through us, then um, people actually they actually experience Jesus Christ in the first person through our witness. That's an amazing statement. Through our living, if we do it right, if we do it in a true Christian way, with genuine Christian love, and we serve people out of Christian love, and we lift people up, and we pray, I'm, we need to be praying people. Pray about everything, about everything. If we do it appropriately, then people, they feel Jesus Christ in the first person through us. That's amazing. Stay focused on your work. It says that people, now, now he's going he's gonna to give verse 10 and 11, talking to you about how to, you know, if somebody rejects you, you know, just keep rolling. You know you know knock the dust off your feet and keep going, and then he talks about these cities that should be you know they should be so thankful and uh yet they reject and and here is what i here's what I really want you to hear about the these six verses here, okay, because there's a lot of words in here there's a lot of cities there's a lot of history being taught here, and I don't want to get bogged down on that this morning, so here's what I want you to truly understand is and here's the statement that is being said to the servants that jesus christ is sending out and here's what he's saying to them is that everybody who becomes a christian will be rejected by a lot of people their beliefs their lives it won't make sense to people they'll be rejected by people and then you know our witness when we talk to people they're going to reject our ideas and our theology. And sometimes, you know, friendships, you know, they, they end over things. And um, sometimes you just have to stand up for what's right. And, um, and, and here here's, here's the statement that's being said here, is that he spends time, six verses here, kind of speaking to the servants that... and and here's the statement that he's, I'm summing it up here. Don't let the rejectors, don't let let the persecutors destroy your mission. Have you ever kind of get geared to where you think you want to do something, and then you get the voice in your head, like, "Who, who do you think you are? You remember when you were such and such, and you did such and such, and how in the world? How in the world could you do that? How how could you be, how, how could you be that foolish? Now you want to get up and tell people, you know, how to live or what the Bible says? Come on, who are you kidding? You know, and you're like, yeah, I don't. Yeah, or, or, or you know, or, or, or you know, that sin I committed back in 1978, you know, that stain is still on me. So I don't think I could do. It. You know, don't let the rejectors, the persecutors. Destroy your mission. We get knocked off the tracks so easily anymore. And hitting and here. and I am going to say this this morning in six one eight nine two six four four three nine. if you want to text me something that says, you know, something bad or whatever, Aaron at stargbchurch.com is my email. You can send it through the email. All right. But here is, if you are a Christian, Michael Mike says this all the time. Okay, if he was here, I'd make fun and say that's actually a a pretty wise statement that he made. All right. But if you are a Christian, you don't have the right to get offended. You don't have the right to get offended. Jesus has already told you that. They're not rejecting you. If you do it right, they're rejecting Jesus Christ. So don't take it personally. Keep rolling. And so many of us have gotten to a place and I'll just be honest with you, I'm the same way, okay? I have a bad interaction with someone. I carry it around for months and weeks and years, and it just tears me up. I, I, I pray to God to make me not be so sensitive. I pray to him. i like, don't make me sensitive. Don't let me feel bad. I, I wish in my 20s, for, I didn't care for some reason. I don't know what it was. Whatever. Do you, whatever you want to say, go with it, bro. I don't care. But the older I get, the more sensitive I get. I don't understand what it is. Okay, but don't get offended. You can't get offended because when you get offended, you become a problem, and then we have problems in, internally here inside of the church family, and that's trouble. And sometimes, sometimes there's legitimacy to your troubles. I get it. I get it. But there's plans and there's processes written out in Scripture how to handle that so that it does not become an internal strife and internal problem within the church all right and don't let that knock you off your path and don't let the rejectors knock you off your path don't let the persecutors knock you off the path keep moving okay and then here's the other thing it says that when the 70 returned they returned with joy now i'm sure they got rejected i'm sure there were towns that ran them out i love the story of paul he was in there preaching what they do they stoned him and I imagine a pile of rocks piled up on him. They said, finally killed him. They walked out. He came to, crawled out of the rocks. What'd he do? Went back in and preached to the same people that just stoned him. Unbelievable. But we, but we need to return to joy. We need to get back our joy. Is this a terrible time in history? Yes. Are we all being separated and kept apart? Yes. Are are, are there things that we don't agree with? Absolutely. Are there horrible things that are legal nowadays? Absolutely. Are there things that need to be changed? Absolutely. But we concentrate on that stuff, and we let that bring us down and get us off our mission, and we should be living a life of joy. And it says that the Lord, even the demons, are subject to to us in your name. And this is what he says here. Okay? I saw Satan fall. Like lightning from heaven here's the end of the story I don't know if you've read Revelation and how it ends but God wins Jesus Christ stays on the throne okay his blood wins and then we can trample on serpents and scorpions power over the the enemy and uh, nevertheless and, and here is the advice here okay nevertheless do not rejoice in this that the spirits are subject to you but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven And here is the statement being said here, okay? And the statement being said here is that we always, always, always glorify God. Everything we do here glorifies God. Our giving glorifies God. Our singing glorifies God. If someone is saved, Jesus Christ saved them. If somebody is healed, Jesus Christ gets the glory. If you give somebody help, That help comes from Jesus Christ. Don't claim it as your own. Don't claim it as your own. You do a good deed for somebody, that's because of Jesus Christ. Because the Bible says we're dirty rags. Utter dirty rags. Without Christ, we're nothing. So anything good in us is due to Jesus Christ. So he gets the glory. Plus he died for us on the cross. And he's our savior. Alright? We're in a tough time. We're in an extremely tough time. I've had to have difficult conversations, seems like the last month, on a daily basis. And, and they're tough conversations, and they span the spectrum family trouble to health trouble to, um, you know, failures. Failures you know by friends, my failures, me as a pastor, as a friend, as a family member whatever i you know i'm a I'm a human too, I fail people, we get bogged down and and, and concentrate on that, and we have so much to be thankful for, even in times like this, the Bible says that we are to rejoice and to give glory to God and If we are true people, true Christian people, then our living, our living becomes the witness of Jesus Christ that changes people.